Hello, kings and queens. You are listening to Nisha Nice. Say it twice. She is a phenomenal rapper that I want you all to go check out right now. That's Nisha Nice, N-E-E-S-H-A, Nice, N-Y-C-E. She is streaming on all platforms. And guess what? Last weekend, Threesome Podcast had an interview with this queen that I want you all to go check out. So yes, go check out Threesome Podcast. That's number three, S-U-M Podcast for the interview we had with the queen herself, Nisha Nice. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that we did have some technical difficulties. You know, we were using Zoom and Zoom did not want to play right, but I promise you, you will still get a good feel for this artist and um and she preached honey it was uh it was sunday when we recorded it and she gave us a word so make sure that you go check out threesome podcast that's number three s-u-m podcast now sit back relax and get into this conversation that i have with my good friend pam childs on the audacity of being both black and female in america all right Love you, and again, thank you for listening. Everything that I learned, teaching from my pen. Either you can or you can't see the vision from my lens. Who going all the way? Well, it just appears the devil comes in all disguises. Please watch your friends. I was focused on their presidents before an election. It would cost you your life. Hello, 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 and welcome to. Another episode of the Beyond Your Horizon podcast. I am your host, Coach John John, certified life coach specializing in manifestation coaching through my organization, Beyond Your Horizon, where the mission is to go beyond the place your eyes can see. And I have the pleasure tonight of having one of my good friends and fellow certified life coach, Pam Childs on the podcast today and um we i asked her to come on here for the main topic which will be discussing the audacity of being black and female in america we're going to talk about the intersectionality i call it between being black and being female and the oppressions dealing with the dual oppressions of racism and sexism in the workplace and in america but before we jump into that discussion, let me just do a little brief introduction. As I stated, she is a certified life coach. She's a career coach, accountability coach, also a life insurance agent. <laughs> we'll touch on that too. She is an intuitive reader as well. Pam has over 15 years of experience in leadership development, mentoring, and coaching. Um, she what, Lean Six Sigma a certified yeah. as well 
Um, and she is also the founder of Purposeful Vision Coaching and Consulting. And uh, did I get did I get everything in there? You know, I'm looking around like, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you are I all. Guess of, you covered it all. Yes, you are all of those things and more. Um, in addition to that, you are um, a, a mother, a friend. Um, all of those other good things as well. Don't um, forget Gigi. Oh, Gigi, that's right. That's right. She's a grandma, but she's a grandma over here. She's redefining what that means. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I always like to start off my uh, my episodes with uh, a segment I call Sip Tea and Spill a Little, you know, where all tea is in negativity. There We do positivity yes. on Beyond Your Horizon podcast. I say that there's many outlets to find negativity, so um, so we want this to be a place of some positivity as well. So we're going to just do a little catch up. So let's start by telling me how are you doing today and what's going on in your world? I am doing well. You know, when I think about everything that we see on TV as far as um, racial injustice mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, the, the cry for um, police reform, COVID, and just the loss of significant figures um, in our lives. It's it's really put me in a place of humility and mm-hmm. a space where I am constantly focusing on the things that I am grateful for. Mm-hmm. So um, gratitude and gratefulness have always been things that I really, you know, like grateful, grateful, grateful. That's all I'm just focusing on at this point. So, you know, I could talk about, I could focus on the negative, which, you know, people would say that's what 2020 is about. But I'll just really focus on gratefulness and gratitude. That's very important there, gratefulness and gratitude and just being positive during this time. Um, you know, for mental health sake, right? Because, uh, yeah, yeah I uh, did a, epi- a podcast um, earlier, I think yesterday, it posted it today, but talking about mindfulness and how you can Absolutely. improve your mental health through mindfulness and just being conscious of the thoughts you are entertaining. Um, oh, yeah. And you're right. And being able to distance yourself from things that uh-huh. might bring you stress and anxiety, whether that means pulling away from social media and the news and doing what you said, just focus on the things that you have to be grateful for that can really just elevate your mental health. Right. I agree. Mindfulness, mindfulness is definitely key. And, um, when you think about the things that you put energy into, when you think about how energy works, and even prayer, mm-hmm. if you're praying for a negative outcome, then that's what you manifest. But if you pray for the things that, you know, and you look at it in a way that it's going to turn out okay, mm-hmm. I think um, that is what you put the power into. So for me, it's a lot more useful to focus on the positive things versus the negatives. And, you know, that doesn't mean that sometimes we don't have a bad day. Right. But your good days should definitely outweigh the bad days. That's right. That's right. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being conscious of our energy and where we're putting that because that actually, what what, what we focus on grows. And so, right, if you're focusing more on the negative, then you're going to have more of the negative and focus on the positive, you will have more of that. I believe that. 
So, um, I see you're, you are sipping tea as well. The, uh, the oh, audience yeah. can't, can't see that in your Starbucks cup. What are you sipping on over there? <laughs> this is a berry detox tea. And so, um, I couldn't remember if it had a message. Um, however, detox in itself is a message, especially for the, the year that we're in. But um, mm-hmm. the note on here says, create the sequence of goodness consequences will be always be good so if you create a sequence of goodness consequences will always be good and it's almost about like what we talked about it is i like that i like that (laughs) awesome awesome and i'm doing this um breathe easy tea um you know gotta breathe easy and um Mm -hmm. focus on on the good and just well, breathing is the thing that we focus on when we're talking about mindfulness, right? You know, Absolutely. the very first step is just focus on the breath and come into mm-hmm. the now. And this is a quote by Emily Dickerson, uh, Dickinson, sorry, Emily Dickinson. It says, bring me the sunset in a cup. That's what it says. <laughs> you know? wow. Bring me the sunset in a cup. Delicious. It does. It does, actually. <laughs> you know, every time I, I drink tea, I think of um, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist monk. And he did an episode mm-hmm. with um, Oprah and oh, okay. he was talking about mindfulness and he was pretty much saying that it's pretty much impossible for you to be angry or have anxiety when you're drinking a cup of tea. And he mm-hmm. said, you're supposed to wrap, wrap your hands around it like this, you know, and then just do a nice sip in and just focusing on that tea and bringing yourself into wow. that current moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that in itself is a, a meditation practice that I never consider. Just feeling the warmth, embracing how the mm-hmm. cup feels in your mm-hmm. hand, mm-hmm. connecting with the warmth, and then feeling the warmth into your mouth and mm-hmm. go down your throat. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah. It definitely changes it what does. you're focused on. <laughs> mm. It does, it does. Oh. So it's a nice little mindful mindfulness practice to do throughout the day to make your cup of tea and just have that moment. Wrap your hands around that cup. Like you said, feel that warmth go through your hands, through your body, and then into your, your body as well. And just be at peace in, in that moment, you know? Yeah. You know, mindfulness. I is, think that's mm-hmm. a good redirection of... Um, and consuming calories if we did the same thing with like a salad this is nourishing my body or yes. you know yes. as you chew and thinking about what it's going to do that hmm. is that that's that's very good you know speaking of which i'm on a fast right now okay. i just started today um i'm doing a um a water fast water and tea if, um mm-hmm. for i'm trying to shoot for five days i just started today i just thought okay <laughs> so you're looking at me like what <laughs> <laughs> I just started today. Um, I just came back from a little uh, massage and um, getting my little feet rubbed on and everything and just really wanted to use this time to just really focus on where I am yeah. in life right now. Um, and also, just as you said, like I want to I want to really have a new relationship with food, you know, mm-hmm. with food and diet because, while, while, even while I was laying on the table today, I was just thinking, I was like, Jonathan, you know, you're only five foot four. You don't have to eat as much as you do, <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> and so, uh, and so hopefully after this fast, I will have a new relationship with, with, with food and drinks and everything. And as you said, really being focused on what the food is doing instead of yeah. just, instead of just going for the taste. 
Well, I don't know about that now, because to be fair, you know, even when it's something that we shouldn't eat, it's doing something that's satisfying something within us. So I think if you show the same level of appreciation for something that is healthier, then you'll eat more of it. But you can't, I don't say enjoy that thing that we love even more that's not mm-hmm. good for us any less. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. bat, you just have a space for it um, as equally important as the, the veggies and the things that we need to eat. That's and I'm good. speaking to myself, too, yes. when I say this. Yes. <laughs> and that's a good way of looking at it as well. That is good. And yeah. um, we know it, it was all about balance. It's all mm-hmm. about balance and mm-hmm. everything and stuff. And I know that I can get distracted at times and... Um, and overindulge, so but yeah, but yeah, so that's what I'm focusing mm-hmm. on right now. So, great, let's jump into purposeful vision coaching and consulting. Um, if you would just tell our listeners how this came to be, all right. So, like you mentioned, I have several years of coaching, um, mentoring, um, experience, and I've always been the go-to person for, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And then I found myself asking questions um, to the person that challenges their their train of thought or get them to introspect mm-hmm. on whatever their question is. Um, usually after I've given them a very direct, blunt answer that they don't necessarily want. Mm -hmm. And then I spin it so that they can think about my point and see that, oh, you're right. There is more than one way to look at this. Um, And so I found myself doing this to the point where it was exhausting me because I felt like people didn't value it. And so um, as I did some work with myself over the past 10 years, um, as far as ending um, toxic relationships, codependency tendencies, mm-hmm. not just in, you know, you think about male-female relationships. It wasn't just that. I just kind of changed the dynamics of a lot of things in my life in order to become um, a healthier version of me. Um, and it was triggered off of a, um, the ending of a relationship, but through therapy, I was able to see a connection in how I value myself mm-hmm. um, in, re- in re- relationships, whether it's friendships, work, or whatever. And I found that although I have this propensity to want to see people do better, I valued the how good it made me feel based off of how whether or not they appreciated it, okay. which was a wrong way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about me just being my authentic self and doing it because I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you have someone who doesn't appreciate it, then you can just say, you know what? I don't have to deal with that person. I can go to people that are pouring into me when I'm pouring into them. And so um, the certification came about because, again, I've been doing it all these years, wow. whether it was outside of work or at work. And... I thought it was a good opportunity for me to step out and, and trust myself and say, hey, I can open this business outside of work and be a business owner and coaching just seemed like a really good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a mentor slash uh, manager who loves to roll the word purposeful okay. off of his lips. Okay. 
Um, and he always talked about being purposeful and making decisions and mm-hmm. purposeful in um, conveying what you mean. And to me, it just resonated because when you think about um, vision, um, sometimes you can see, but sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. And so when you're purposeful about what you're looking for, what you're seeking to do, it's really about intention. And we yes. talked about that mindfulness. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about um, being a better version of you. And so purposeful, whether it applies to um, life coaching, purposeful, whether it comes you know, it's associated with working out. Mm-hmm. There's this type of intent. And mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. purposeful vision just really resonated with me. And I love it. I don't regret that name all right. at all. I love it too. Mm-hmm. I love it too. Purposeful vision coaching. Yeah. And so yeah. what, what would you say the mission of your organization is? You know, I think that is changing over time. Initially, I had this whole head, you know, mindset that I would work with women mm-hmm. um, and help yeah. them identify um, self-care and take time for self-care. Mm-hmm. And it's morphed into so many things just from me coaching. Um, there is still that general connection of self-care, but um, because, you know, my clients have different needs, I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. My, But my niche has definitely started leaning more toward career services, mm-hmm. which coincidentally is something that I've been doing since I was a teenager, wow. Where whether it was, hey, this place is hiring. I can help you do wow. your resume. I can help you fill mm-hmm. out an application. Mm-hmm. Go there, say this, mm-hmm. research this. But now this is the um, grown and sexy version of services where we're reinventing ourselves and transitioning from one job or, you know, starting a brand new career due to layoffs or a pandemic. So, yeah, yeah. the niche is still the actual slogan is still to come. Okay, you know, I I find it I find it amazing as I get older in, in life and realizing how how little we do change, you know, how, how you just yeah. said that even when you were younger, before you even knew what a career coach was, um, yeah. you were, <laughs> you were being a career coach, you know, and, yeah, um, and I look back over my, my own life and what I had done, what I've done growing up and talking, loving mm-hmm. to talk, to talk to others and encourage others yeah. and motivate and everything. Um, and now seeing myself move into something that now has a title <laughs> now, um, right? But basically, you're doing the same thing. You know, I was yeah. uh, hung out with my mom last weekend, and she even told a story about when I was like in the first grade or something that I told her about. <laughs> about well, basically, it has nothing to do with coaching, but it it was a very funny story. Um, I had asked her when I was in the first grade, would she date someone who couldn't read? And, uh, right. And my mom was like, well, you know, if I love the person, then I would, you know, I work with them or whatever. And I said, uh, uh, not me. And, (laughs) and, uh, and and because she said, I said that some girl had given me a letter and she had misspelled the word Y or something in the letter and stuff or whatever. And, and even though this is not like, I guess not a coaching story, but, um, hearing that story really let me realize like, oh, 
gosh, Jonathan, you still have these high expectations, and um, and you still are very it ambitious. Early. It started very <laughs> early, <laughs> very early. But so and so, yeah. And um, it's just amazing to see how little we we do change as we grow up. We yeah. still are those kids, just in adult bodies, um, trying to make it professional now, right? Yeah. yeah, the irony about it is, is that when I was originally in college, I started out as a social work major. Oh, okay. And what happened was, is because I was a single mom, first mm-hmm. of all, I had a small child, and I needed to be able to pay, you know, for a place to live and mm-hmm. support my son, um, it was more important to get a job. That's right. So I changed my major. Mm from social work to computer information systems because back then all of my classmates who had that major were finding jobs just because that was their major. They hadn't even completed the program. So it was a no brainer to me. And so to think about um, my career over the years and the capacity I've served, um, the different positions within, um, corporate America in the IT industry, they still tie into social work in some way. And here it is full circle. Um, the career services life coach is, I think that, um, God has a funny sense of humor at times. Yeah. Bring you right, bring you right back to it. I started out as a psychology yeah. major okay. and for that same reason, you know, when I yeah. heard that you ain't gonna make no money as a psychology major. Right. <laughs> And so, and then I switched it over to um, to to business, um, and but I still get my um, greatest joy out of talking to other people. Um, so yeah, Absolutely. I totally get that. So what's um, currently happening right now with purpose, purposeful vision coaching? Um, anything going on at the moment, or any exciting events or anything? Well, I don't have any events planned. You know, um, COVID put a halt to a lot of mm-hmm. that. Um, which was really not a bad thing because it allowed me to really focus on um, the brand and um, perhaps the consulting part of it. I heard you sneak in there that I um, got licensed to sell insurance. Yeah, that's right. Because Mm -hmm. I'm such a fixer and because of what COVID is doing as far as ravaging our community and I see these I hate to call GoFundMe e-begging, but I see these e-begging campaigns, and I just think, you know, we really need to be educated Mm. um, about why um, life insurance and financial planning is important in the um, African-American community. So, um, because my client base dropped significantly, Right now, I literally only have one client, Mm -hmm. and I have some people um, lined up that I've volunteered to coach because Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, although I want to, I am a paid coach, um, I don't stop coaching because I don't have paid clients, so I do have people um, in the pipeline that are waiting to get on my calendar, but life has been happening, um... And interestingly enough, you know, I don't really put my um, intuitive stuff in the forefront, but you love to mention that as well. Hey, it is um, who you are. You have to own yeah, it. You, yeah, have, yeah. you have to own it. You but can't turn it off and you know it. You're probably picking up you're probably picking up stuff while you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. But most of my business has been 
marketed um, at all. Mm-hmm. That is where most of my business has been, and it has really picked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're yeah. talking about it, just give a little bit about what the intuitive reading is. I know somebody's probably listening, like, what they say, what they mean by intuitive reading? What's going? What's that about? So, you just in your own words, what what is that? Well, um, intuitive reading is uh, well for the way that it works with me. Um, I'm having a conversation with someone, mm-hmm. um, and for some reason, the conversation takes a turn in the sense that I am providing confirmation or literally repeating things that they've dreamed about, that they've been pondering in their head, or that things that literally someone else's um, said to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it is happening until they tell me, wow. I literally was having this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if I, I I hesitate again because when I know people, I can never tell if it's just because I know you and I just know your business mm-hmm. or if it's something mm-hmm. <laughs> that you need to know. So that's why, I, you know, and, and everyone isn't really comfortable with it. So, um, and truth be told, I actually lost a client yeah. because mm-hmm. of it. And, uh, but it was a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, um, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And, you know, sometimes I use tarot cards mm-hmm. to, um, hone in more specifically, but I don't need them. Right. Okay, cool. Cool. I know mm-hmm. you've given me a few, a few readings. Um, uh, my friend Jalise, you've given him a few readings. Mm-hmm. And also, um, if you all want to hear her in action, uh, she was on the threesome podcast. That's the number three S U M podcast with Sabir and I. And she gave Sabir, the founder and host of Threesome Podcast, a reading as well. So um, go out and check out just Threesome. Put her just put it out. Yeah, history. just put it out. Just put it out there. So yeah, so go check out Threesome Podcast and find that episode with um, Pam Childs. And you will get to get a get a better un, better understanding about the intuitive reading and how that goes. Um, so, so with purposeful vision coaching, do you have? Um, I know you say you're not doing any events or anything, but is there anything that you you are looking forward to doing once maybe the pandemic is out of the way or anything like that? I have just planted so many seeds. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to see them grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, I have so many clients pending in the pipeline. Right. Um, I think that if I just actively pursued it at mm-hmm. this point, I would consistently be booked. But with everything else I have going on right. in my personal life yes. with my full-time job, and it's almost like, um, especially I know that we're going to get on this um topic later but mm-hmm. with a lot of the things that have been happening with social unrest and just my role as a black leader mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is where my energy should be as far as starting these conversations and yes. being able to be a um, leader not just um, a black leader but a leader period because right. it's about being an advocate for everyone and that's a very um, fragile place to be in it's an uncomfortable place and so um yeah that okay. that is where it's been but you know purposeful vision coaching is there um i'm no longer giving discounted services <laughs> mm-hmm. so 
Um, mm-hmm. My clients are paying full price, which is also probably why, because um, mm-hmm. I don't just take on anyone now. My time is really valuable now. So, um, awesome. yeah, that's where the business is. But you, you will be the first to know yes. um, as soon as that thing. So, but I like the organic way that I find my clients. Right. Good, good, yeah. good. Or good. they find me. Yes. <laughs> All right, so um, we are going to take a little break before we get into um, the main topic, but I do want to go ahead and just let the listeners know that if you do want to list to find out more about Purposeful Vision Coaching and Consulting, the website is www.purposefulvisioncoaching.com. That's purposefulvisioncoaching.com. And you can also email um, Pam Childs as well if you have any questions about her services at coach. Pam, PVCC, right, at gmail.com. Again, yep. that's Coach Pam, P as in purposeful, V as in vision, C as in consult, coaching, and C as in um, consulting. You know what I'm doing, at gmail.com, okay? And we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to get right back into our main topic, which is the audacity of being black and female in America. Stay tuned. And we're back. We're back. And I am still here with life coach, career coach, accountability coach, intuitive reader, all of that. (laughs) Pam Childs. (laughs) And we're going to jump right into this topic, um, the audacity of being black and female in America. Um, The reason why I chose Pam for for this topic is because she recently has shared with me Um, something that she had to write for the leaders in her organization about her experiences of being both black and female in corporate America. Um, I guess it was during the time of um, the Black Lives Matter movement when there was just so much racial unrest in America and they wanted to hear from her. And um, you gave some really good, good words there. Even when you sent it to me and I read it, it was just like, I never really thought about what what it means to be black and female in America. I'm to focus on being, I guess, black and male in America. <laughs> but uh, but right, <laughs> and there are some things that you experience that are unique to to being black and female. So, if you would just, I guess, start first with telling um, how that came to be that you were even asked to um, provide this information or your own your experience. Absolutely. So um, my full-time job, I am um, a leader within a um, very um, famous company. And coincidentally, because of the George Floyd um, murders, there was a lot of conversations happening about um, how uh, the black community is hurting Mm -hmm. and it started a conversation about our experience and I don't know if the intent was ever to talk about the experience within corporate America or Mm -hmm. the work environment, Mm -hmm. but coincidentally, um, so many people were hurting that it started a conversation and I wrote this poem called I can't breathe, Mm -hmm. uh, because I literally, felt myself losing my breath every time I um, saw the video of what happened. And 
as this conversation started and again just seeing the video over and over again i saw so many past fears um flash through my mind about being a black woman um, being a black mother being a black um, partner mm-hmm. um the black experience and the challenges that um women black women specifically have to ordeal and how it impacts our relationships how it impacts the um, dynamics of where we are and it's such a different experience than our counterparts of other races have to deal with you know Mm -hmm. it's not abnormal for black women to make more than their mates or be the head of households or be single because of all of these things that have systemically piled up against black people Mm -hmm. um over over generation and generation when our counterparts have had a head start on wealth Mm-hmm. And we're still fighting that battle, and then the systemic things that just keep our that impact our families. Um, that point just really put me in a space where number one, I had written something. I used to write poetry all the time in mm-hmm. high school, and had not been in that space until this recent this year in general. And so, um, because I shared that, um, I was contacted and asked to. Um, share my experience as a black woman uh, because this was one of our um, female organizations that mm-hmm. caters specifically to the women. And so I, I really pondered about what I wanted to talk about and I didn't want it, I wanted it to be relevant um, to our experience as women and uh, specifically black women. So that is what motivated me to write it and just share my journey and my struggles about, you know, wondering if, you know, an interaction that I'm having is happening because I'm a female or is it happening because I'm black? Right. And it's a bit, it's a question that, you know, people have not considered, but it's one that I can tell you truthfully, I've struggled with throughout my professional career, not just at this company, but most companies. And then we have these stigmas of being angry, yeah. of being aggressive, um, that our female peers just have not had to encounter. And I've literally had someone compare me to a white female peer and said, you know, when she explained it, she wasn't as aggressive as you. And mm-hmm. I was so offended. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, in the past, I probably would not have said anything, and, and, and coincidentally, it was like a year ago, so it wasn't even where we started having this conversation, but as a woman and as a black female, mm-hmm. I had to check this person and say that that's totally inappropriate, and you're only doing it because I'm a black female, mm-hmm. um, and the guy backed down, and he apologized, and coincidentally, he was... Um, uh, of um, a Spanish descent, Hispanic, and he was like, no, I have black people in my family, and I'm like, dude, because I know your culture, you know even you know more than I do that that's inappropriate to tell any woman right. that she's being aggressive. Right, exactly. You did it on purpose. So. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's just one of the experiences I've had. Um, 
I always tell people that it's really important to do your inner work mm-hmm. um, so that you are able to know what is your stuff and what is someone else's. Because um, a really transformational book changed my life. It was called The Four Agreements. Mm, um, I know. Yeah, I've read that. Yeah, and one of the um, truths it talks about is uh, never taking anything personal. Yeah. And we're human. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it changed my life because it constantly puts me in a space where I'm asking myself, are you reacting to this based on something that you own or something the other person owns? And But when you think about the things that we have control over, which is what you do say and how you respond, I think it has had a significant impact on how I've dealt with being a leader um, and a woman. Hmm. Who just happens to be black? It just happens, <laughs> right? You have to put it all in like, there. Like which one? Which one is the bigger, bigger deal? You know, mm-hmm. I, I I try not to think about it, but I don't know if other people ponder this. But it's a question I I struggle with. I've struggled with it at times, and I think over the years I've become a lot more comfortable and confident. And and to be, you know, some of it is imposter syndrome some of mm-hmm. it is self-esteem and a lot of it is just people being jerks yeah <laughs> True. True. You, you, but you have to know the difference for sure <laughs> mm-hmm. so um do you consider yourself a feminist um like where where do you feel that you fit in as a black woman when it when you know for the women's rights and everything do you feel included in that or You know, I apply feminist feminism and being a feminist in the dynamics of having a partner and what your role is. I wouldn't, I, I tell people that I have to support myself because I'm single. Right. I have to know how to fix things because I'm single, okay. not married. You know, mm-hmm. I am in a relationship, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I've been single a lot. I'm still single. Right. Um, so I, I think there are varying degrees of feminist, and um, it depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am just accustomed to getting things done, and sometimes I have to check myself. But when it comes to women's rights, I think it's absolutely ridiculous for a man to be able to speak to what's good for a woman's body or what we how we should feel or how we should think and you know um there is a double standard about what things things that women can do that men can't do and i think that the older i get um the less i care about these roles and stereotypes and i do what makes me feel comfortable because there's some things I'm still a old fashioned. Like I wouldn't ask a guy out. Mm-hmm. Would I? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Pam. You would. You probably would. Maybe the old Pam example. may not have, but I know yeah, you are yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just do what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to stand in the way of compromising what I'm accustomed to, right? And so. That's that whole self-care part. I don't do things motivated based on how the other other person will feel. I'll do it based on how I think we both can uh, 
benefit for it. So I hope that answered your question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did, it did, it did. And so so going back to what you were saying, how you had to write this, um, well, the, the poem and your experience as leader of your organization, I guess what you just expressed to them, the things that you have experienced, right, being a yeah. black woman in corporate America. So what what was the outcome of, of that? Well, the interesting thing is I had quite a few of my female counterparts share that that is their experience. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you know, while we're in this space where we're talking about racial injustice, um, as a coach and someone who has received therapy, it's important to be able to peel away the layers of those things that create this unconscious bias based off of our experiences mm-hmm. because you can't lump everything in the same basket. And so um, I had a lot of people talk about how they've had interactions and they've wondered the same thing. So it's not just a black female issue Although we've also experienced, you know, um, a lot less opportunities due to unconscious bias. And, Mm -hmm. but I think that I've also been less inclined to speak up and share my, if someone has insulted me or I felt like I was not heard because of these things that we've been told as kids, as black children about, you know, having to work harder, having to, and even into some um, case, um, being a lot more subdued Mm -hmm. and less aggressive because of the fear of being um, title aggressive. So um, I definitely think it did not go on deaf ears. I had um, one of my mentors who actually um, is a white woman reach out to me and tell me to keep speaking up. And she said that, you know, there is this opportunity when we think about um, racial injustice, you know, that it's not about black people getting something more. It's about a leveling of the Um, playing field just so that we can be at the table and have the same opportunities even if you were giving things away it still would not make up or even equal what other people have an advantage of just because of the color of their skin Mm, that's true that's true um it's funny you were talking and it reminded me have have you watched um lovecraft country yet on um... i have not but i it is on my list of movies to catch up on <laughs> um in one of the scenes uh, they the poem is being um re- well recited while a lot of action is going on but it's called whitey on the moon i don't know if you mm-hmm. ever heard ever, ever heard of that but it I was haven't. but it was really interesting poem because they were talking about um you know whitey on the moon pretty much talking about how um, they were going to outer space and trying to land on the moon when there was so mm-hmm. much hardship going on within the black community. Like, I'm trying to pay my rent, but why <laughs> right. be on the moon? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, 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 you know, oh, I can't, I can't feed my, I can't feed my child, but why be on the moon? So it's like, I'm, ho- I'm supposed to be happy that, you know, we, we're, we're, we're on the moon, on the moon. but yeah. I cannot be happy with you because I have all of this hardship Right, um, exactly, absolutely. exactly, and, and just how how you how you were saying within corporate America is like you know, 
they they need to understand the experiences of of, of everyone there and realize that yeah. you know um and i don't think it's always intentional it's definitely it's not yeah like you said, it's unconscious bias all they know yeah. is life from mm-hmm. their perspective Absolutely. and and they don't understand what it's like from someone else's perspective and from someone else's experience that's why diversity and inclusion is very important and it's important that we are at the table. Um, I I spoke um, on one on one episode just talking about like systemic racism, and the reason that exists is mainly because we weren't at the table, you know. And it's yeah. not necessarily that they were doing it. I mean, some some laws were enacted just because they were against black people, but I do think some policies and things are created just in without us in mind and without our experiences yeah. in mind. And we've had the same conversations at my company too. Um, and a lot of the people, uh, white people who were in the meeting were just shocked at like some of the experiences um, that like realize, okay, I work for a hospital and they were not aware that a lot of people in the black community do not know about the jobs within the hospital other than like a nurse mm-hmm. and a doctor. They don't know about respiratory yeah. therapists and, and all these mm-hmm. other great, great careers that are within the hospital that you can get with like a two year degree. Even, yeah. You know, but because we some of us don't know about those experiences, it's hard to get us in for that. And yeah. so, and so, it causes the company to have to think to rethink how they do their campaigning, um, you know, and going. A lot of companies yes. are having to do that. Mm-hmm. It's so funny you touched on that because um, I was actually having a conversation with a friend, and she does. Um, she's a paralegal, mm-hmm. and she was telling me how a high school um, student had an internship. Um, filing court documents and this mm-hmm. is something that you don't have to have a degree as and I said wow what a great opportunity for this young lady could you imagine how that would change the life of a black student mm-hmm. if they had the same mm-hmm. type of opportunities to do internships where yes. they're learning about um, entry level positions that don't require a degree mm-hmm. and it's not that that is what they would want to do but here's a way for them to be able to support themselves while they're in school, which is a big deal for uh, minority students because sometimes they're coming from households where their parents can barely afford, or they can't even afford to send them to college, and they're there, and they're relying on the financial aid when this is a way for them to develop a skill in addition to support themselves. So, um, yes, we have to, and and there's so many facets of... Mm -hmm. um, how you deal with systemic racism, classism, mm-hmm. and sexism in this country. Yes, yes. Because it's all intertwined. It is, it is. Um, what, what do you say, I guess, is your, I guess, what is, what weighs heavier on you, um, racism or sexism? <sighs> is that a hard question <laughs> to look at? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't, it's interesting. I, I, racism and not because I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. I've always been comfortable in my skin and maybe I've just been delusional about 
I, I've never woke up and said, I wonder how they view me or how they see my black skin. I am a proud black woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been natural. Well, I have locks now, mm-hmm. but like, during the 90s when it was taboo to wear your natural mm-hmm. hair, I'm walking around with a, a Afro puff, as people awesome. will yeah. call it, you know. Yeah. So, I've never had a, um issue with my blackness. I think... Racism is, is a bigger issue for me because, number one, I'm the mother mm-hmm. to a black son mm-hmm. um, who's a man, mm-hmm. and I know how it has impacted his his, his me- mentality about right. things, and I fear for his life like I fear for the lives of other black men, and, you know, he decided to make me a Gigi, yeah. and now I have grandchildren that may have to grow up in a world where if we don't get it right, we will continue to see this every 10 to 20 years where we're having these same conversations. And so I think for that reason, um, if we can resolve and fix this racism thing, um, then everything else will fall in place. Mm -hmm. I know everyone has their um, ministry, so to speak, whether it's um, um, gay marriage or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. women's rights, you know, the Me Too movement. Um, and there's still this huge elephant in the room where people don't want to address racism. And it's because it's so huge and so systemic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you just don't know what to approach first. But I think that it's important for everyone to find their niche in this fight. Um, or that the thing that gives them, that drives their passion and, um, they, they say, how do you eat an elephant? Mm -hmm. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. That's how we're going to have to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, hearing you say that, it just shows me again why, you know, black women are like the backbone of America and, uh, uh, and, <laughs> and right, because for you to say, you know, well, racism because of my son and my grand, you know, and, and a lot of times we, we see, uh, I know a lot of black women who, who sacrifice their own self, you know, just for the protection mm-hmm. and to see their own, or their sons or their brothers and other black men su- succeed and just be, you know, um, mm-hmm. because I mean, we, we do see in the news how a lot of black, a lot of the recent um, police violence has been largely against black men. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and they're out. Doing women, right. They're killing us they're, women yeah, too. they're too. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. You know, Breonna Taylor um, com- comes to mind, especially. Um, but it's good to know, you know, we do have a lot of black women that are out there that are fighting for, um, mm-hmm. fighting for mm-hmm. men. It's the strongest, if not stronger than they're fighting for themselves. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I had to pick my own, um, battle in this, it would be to work with people to get past their fear Um, for us to change the conversations that we have with our kids and our young people um, to to identify imposter syndrome and stop it dead in its tracks. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, with all of the time that I've dedicated in corporate America to being just a good worker, to change how we define that and how we challenge 
um, our employers and our leaders to give us what we need to reach our fullest potential Mm -hmm. and to be fine with knowing that it's no longer a big deal if you're not spending 10, 20 years at a company. And that's for the people in my age group Mm -hmm. because millennials Mm -hmm. will bounce in a minute. (laughs) I'm looking now. But but yeah. have not been so willing to do so is because we have not consistently redefined ourselves so the irony of when you're talking about me and purposeful vision coaching and Mm -hmm. all of the multi-facets um there is a method to the madness and so um even if it's showing clients how hey initially i was really trying to figure it out but it all makes sense to me and it's relevant but you may have to have multiple, you should have multiple irons in the fire mm-hmm. in order to even appreciate your primary stream of income. There's more value in that because sometimes satisfaction doesn't come from the primary job, but it comes from all of the other things that you have going on. Mm-hmm. Are you hopeful for the future? Um, like, do you see a time where we will have the equality that, that we want and, um, yeah, do you see it happening in your lifetime? You know, at least? <laughs> my lifetime, I would hope God would uh, bless me enough to be able to bear witness to it. Um, and and things are not as bad as they seem. I, I think with I every um, symbol, symbolic sacrifice we're seeing, that is um, God the universe or whatever your faith is saying that you guys are going to get this right. We're not backing down. So, um, mm-hmm. I am very hopeful and prayerful and commit to doing my part in a way mm-hmm. that will land on listening ears. Um, that is not, um, requiring me to go and burn down anything you know, I will leave that fight for the people where that is their mission and mm-hmm. see um, everyone has seeds, everyone has their role to mm-hmm. play in this. And so for me, I want to plant seeds that are going to harvest as um, the leveling continues to happen. You can't even plant seeds without going away and clearing away the brush. Right. So um, what you see is um, anarchy, <laughs> but yeah. what I see is a clearing of, oh, okay. Uh, I like land that. Mm-hmm. so that you can go mm-hmm. and plant seeds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, like, what words of advice, I guess, would you give to maybe someone who is in leadership position or had their own business or a manager or whatever? What words of advice would you give them on how they can bring to make this bring this equality into reality in their own workplace? say know the company culture Mm -hmm. um whatever you if you have a purpose and if you want to be um successful in your your mission Mm -hmm. find a way to incorporate the company culture into your conversation or tie um principles or belief systems that the culture has Mm -hmm. in order for it to make sense for those who may not be able to relate to your comp- your version of the story. I always tell people, it's so funny, when I come and speak to you on behalf of myself as a black person, I'm not 
um, saying that I'm the poster child. And I am mm-hmm. someone who will serve you some medicine with a little sugar on top. Right. Whereas someone else will give you this bitter medicine with no sugar, say, here, take it and swallow it. <laughs> um, I don't know which is more effective. I like my way, and I think I get more results. But, again, yeah. be yourself um, and think about the fact that this is uncomfortable for all of us. Um, sharing what we've been through, sharing our fears, sharing what we live with, and just being in a vulnerable spot. Mm-hmm. Um, telling that story is uncomfortable, but I can only imagine hearing it and and trying to make yourself process it without having answers and saying, well, I've never had that experience. That's a very uncomfortable place, too. Yeah. And I've actually... Um, had to talk to some of my peers where they shared their experiences of how our trauma has negatively impacted them to a point where they've been accused of being a racist when it literally was a miscommunication that if each person took the time to talk through it and do their work, it may have had a different outcome. That's Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I, I see that a lot too. I see that yeah. a lot. I see that a lot too. And a lot of people don't want to think about other people's perspective. A lot of people are just very angry, and rightfully yeah. so. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want change, if you really want to make change, you know, you're going to have to consider the other side, the other perspective. Yeah. You're going to have to yeah. bring them in. It's a collaboration. Yes, it's a collaboration. You have to pick. Are you going to be angry? Or you want to, are you, are you want change? Because sometimes I do feel right. some people just want to be angry. They just want to be angry. They want to be, they, that's all they want. <laughs> and they don't want change. There are people on both sides of the fence mm-hmm. who want things to remain as they are mm-hmm. so that they can say everything that's wrong in the world is your fault. That's it. That's it. As they point Oh, that's, yeah. That's a good visualization. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But until somebody decides to be the bridge and yeah, to, absolutely. yeah, and to meet them in, in the middle um, and I do believe there are more people out there that are willing to be the bridge and they are Absolutely. people who just want to stay in hate and that I just refuse to b- refuse to believe um, that that there's just so much hate and evil in, in the world. I really do. I, I believe there are people that are really... I don't think we would have survived as long as we have if, if good. That, mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. always wins. Yes. Um, yes. And it's interesting that you said bridge because... That resonated, and if I had to say that to leaders, think about how what you say uh, builds bridges to um, new ideals, mm-hmm. new culture, mm-hmm. um, and new outcomes. Um, one of the activities that I found in searching for um, how to start these conversations is one called the Circle of Trust, mm-hmm. and so um, this. The idea is to write down a list of people, top 10 list of people that you will call in an emergency that is not your uh, family member. And this list is for people you know. And mm-hmm. when you go, when you have your list, look at, you know, the sex of that person, um, mm-hmm. the color of that person. Um, do they speak, uh, is English their first language? And so... If everyone on that list looks like you, then challenge yourself to grow your network Mm. so that in doing so, you can learn more about someone that's different from you. And you'll know, you'll notice that 
as a black person, your list may be only people that you know, and it shows you that we all have work to do. Yeah, I like that. It's called Circle of Trust. Mm-hmm. I like trust. I like that. You know, that really aligns with beyond your horizon because I because I, I, I talk about that that if you are around people who you know if all like if for example like birds of a feather flock together right Absolutely. so and if you mm-hmm. want to do something that no one in your circle is doing mm-hmm. then you want to have to get mm-hmm. around different people expand because you want to expand your circle because the people around you want to be speaking foreign language to them if you're talking about starting a, a um a new business or becoming mm-hmm. a life coach mm-hmm. or doing something mm-hmm. like that. They don't know what you're talking about. Um, so right. yeah, you have to expand your circle um, if you want to go beyond your horizon. So yeah, that is so, yeah, circle of trust. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, the other um, significance is, is that when you think about how we make decisions and who we entrust things to, if everyone is in everyone in that circle looks like you mm-hmm. then this is how we start this whole process of impacting people that we have no idea that we're impacting and it's innocent enough because you're just these are the people I trust so why wouldn't I call them in like I got this opportunity but then when you are in a position where you can hire people or you can promote people and you're not doing the work or taking the time to go outside of that circle, that is when you put yourself in a situation where you're being accused of discriminatory, um, discriminatory practices. Right. And, it's, and it's an innocent mistake because we're just lazy and we're creatures of habit. Mm. Good, 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 good. You gave us some good, some good things to think about in this conversation. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, any last words you want to say about this before we uh, we we wrap up the conversation? Um, no, just thank you as usual for all of your support. Mm-hmm. Um, and those of you who have enjoyed what you've heard, if you are looking for an accountability coach or have career transitioning questions, do check me out mm-hmm. at Purposeful Vision Coaching and be purposeful in your vision, whatever it is. Right. Um, also on Instagram as well as Purposeful Vision Coaching, right? Yeah, Purposeful yep. Vision uh-huh. Coaching. Mm-hmm. On, on IG, and again, the email address, if you want to just email her, is at Coach Pam P, as in Purposeful, B-C-C, at gmail.com. Um, I'll also put that in the show notes as well, if you want to look at that to find out how to get in contact with Pam and she has some um, some other things that are coming out soon. I don't want to say it yet, mm-hmm. just in case we got to push it back. But keep your eye. <laughs> but, yeah, but we're going to hold each other accountable, and that's what we do as life coaches, even for each other, is that yeah. we hold each other accountable. When we say we want to do something, then it's our job to hold each other accountable. And so um, there are some great things that are on the way for purposeful vision coaching and consulting. So. Do stay tuned, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Um, again, check out Threesome Podcast. That's the number three S-U-M podcast. There is an episode there with Pam Childs. If you want to um, listen to her in her intuitive reading um, gift, 
de definitely check that out and just listen to the other stuff too you know we are we definitely love threesome podcast i love being a part Absolutely. of that one yeah <laughs> Sabir, yeah thank you for having me on that too i had a great time yes yeah, so we gotta have have you back because i said that <laughs> i told her i said it, it isn't fair that you got to um give her a reading on air and i didn't get one on air so we gotta have you back on there as well for that I have had so many, but I ain't had my stuff told to everybody. Like, uh, <laughs> I know, you know, that's just that's uncomfortable uh, space for me. I'm still growing in that space. I know, I know. <laughs> but again, you all, thank you so much for listening. I don't take it for granted. We know that there are many other podcasts you can be listening to. Um, I am seeing the listenership grow and people who are just... Um, listening more and more and i thank you for just being on this journey with me as i too am moving beyond my own horizon out of my comfort zone and so thank you for being a part of it and um yeah and that's it for tonight's but thank you thank you thank you and um good night all right bye bye <laughs> <laughs>